The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Like I say every week, always we got a great show, special show. I finally caught up with a good friend of mine. Woo! I got a hold of the president before I get a hold of him, so what's that tell you? Black co-host of the show with me again, Chris. You there, Chris? I'm here today. Chris, it's always good to have a guest on that, you know, you've been, uh, actually, you know, say a teammate, a friend, and a family, but my guest played at UW, University of Army Basketball. Um, hey, uh, he's a coach, and we're asking about how, you know, coaching stuff, but I like to do my guest, Rod Tyson. You there, Rod? Yes, I am. How are you doing, James and Chris? We're doing great. Great. How is it up in today? Uh, a little rainy today, a little cold, you know, normal stuff in October. Yeah, this time of year. Yes. Well, Rob, I got some questions, and Chris did some homework on you, and uh, she got some questions and some good stuff about coaches. Well, I want to start out with you that uh, – uh, we played at UW, um, a good family, friends, you know, everybody's friends and family and keep the brotherhood going. How important is that to, like, you know, have your teammates and everybody keep in contact? Well, it's very important. You know, it just shows you, you know, how close-knit the sports programs used to be at Wyoming, and, and hopefully they're working toward that again because, you know, I'm good friends with a lot of – I play basketball, but I'm good friends with a lot of the football players and vice versa. It's just how we were. We know some wrestlers. We know we just stuck together. We stayed together as a team, and it was about Wyoming, not about just basketball or just football. Sure. So, uh, so Rod, basically, I, I know that recently uh, you had been the, the Laramie High School girls basketball coach that you for like five years, and you stepped down. Are you still coaching the eighth grade team? Yeah, I coach eighth grade girls, coaching eighth grade boys. Now I'm coaching eighth grade girls and then ninth grade boys. I just oh, moved wow. up a little bit this year just because just because uh one of the coaches that was doing ninth grade had to the ninth grade boys he had to uh, he was working on his masters and he couldn't miss a couple classes, so they asked if I would do it. I keep trying to get out of it but I I keep getting back in, so now I'm at twenty five years of doing it. Yeah, they just draw you in. You can't can't resist. So well, now that with, you you've been doing the eighth grade team, now those eighth graders are in high school, and you're seeing some of the the, the things that you've taught them uh, come able able to uh, you know the, 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 they're able to to show what what you taught them. 
Yeah, you know, I have, uh, there's a group now that's going to be junior class, sophomore class, and ninth grade class are really good classes. And I think they're, uh, they'll have a lot more success. You know, I coached for five years there, but I also was still coaching at the junior high, so I had all those girls. The girls I won the state championship with, I had since seventh grade. So they knew just about everything I needed them to do. They just knew it. They didn't have to think about it. They knew when I was calling timeouts. They know when what my speeches were going to be. So that was a good feeling. Nice. Now, you said you've been coaching for 25 years, and then you played for quite a few years. question I have for you as a coach what 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 did you learn as a coach that you didn't know when you were playing? Well, there's lots of things. You know, I also became a better player after I started coaching because some of the stuff your coaches are telling you, you know, as a young kid or a young adult, you think you you know you know a lot of things, <laughs> and, and and basically you don't know as much as you think you know until you've got through some of those experiences. And I think the people who are really successful pick up on those from their coaches a lot sooner. And I think that you become a better coach because you played and then you realize that there's a lot of things that you can get better on and then you can also help those other kids go through some of the same things that you went through and then help them get through it better. Sorry, James. I was just going to say, if only we know... Knew then what we know now. It's it always works. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, everybody you know thinks you know a lot until you're right in that situation. It's like, man, there's a lot I can learn, and, and you have to be open. And I try to get the kids that I coach now and the kids I coach in the past to be open to learning and to to maybe realizing that I could get better at some things. Right. Right. Well, I ain't um, lost you guys because I got a text. Somebody want me to ask you a question, but. You coached their daughter, and um, the question was that uh, their daughter had so much respect for you because you was a player coach, and they felt they could come to you. How important is that, Rod? They want me to ask you that. How important that is to have that relationship with your player that, you know, they're not afraid to talk to you? Well, it's always best if, you know, you, you want, you know, especially your, your captains or the people who are close to all of the players to feel like they can come and tell you, everything that's going on and be honest about that because, you know, athletics and sports in general, basketball, football, all those things, in order to be successful, you have to be a team. So if you don't have a pulse or a handle on what's going on with your team, you're never going to be successful. You can have the most athletic, most gifted team and never win because you don't have a good feel of what's going on. I mean, there could be some selfishness, could be some infighting, could be all those things, could be struggling in school. So you have to really talk about all those things to be successful. And I I was really fortunate to have a good team who they cared about each other. They wanted to be better. They all worked hard. They felt like they went through the fire together. And I think that's why we were successful for so many years. Wow, that that is so true. So, Rod, I'm going to kind of take you back a few years. Okay. So you were on Wyoming's 1987 team, which made a sweet 16 appearance in the NCAA tournament. Excuse me. The TV broadcast referred to Wyoming as a Cinderella team when you defeated UCLA and their star Reggie Miller. What do you remember yeah. the most about that season? Uh, well, it was a great season altogether. I mean, we didn't realize how good we could be at the beginning, 
and we started getting some wins together. I mean, the team really played well together. We liked each other. You know, we respected the coaches. Everything was just going well. And, you know, the biggest game for us, I think when we beat Virginia, we were like, you know what, we can, we have a good chance here. And we also, before we played UCLA, we heard, uh, I think his name was Walt Hazard, the coach, Coach Hazard, and the BYU coach, uh, Edwards maybe, I think they were, they were talking loud enough so we could hear them, and they were talking about how good it would be, how much fun it's going to be, that they're going to be uh, playing each other for in the Sweet 16. And we ever overheard UCLA already saying they're going to be there. And that sort of motivated us. And I think the biggest thing was to watch, you know, Finnis went for 41, I believe, but even bigger than that is that John Summers in the second half just frustrated Reggie Miller a lot. He was just so frustrated. I think he got one point or so in the second half. Yeah, that was when you had the two twin tower def- uh, the the uh, like I, you had Eric Lechner and um, Dave Lodgins. Yeah, you had yes, yeah. Dave Lodgins, yes. We had a really, I mean, were- we had a really good team, so. Rock, six gonna take you back to that. Well, I gotta take you back to something. And then I five seconds about you and um uh, but I can barely hear you, love. Let me ask you a call here. When you have a player that's good but just just hard here, just don't wanna how do you deal with that, Rock? I mean, because just you see it nowadays, these kids are now it's different from when we play, Rock. These kids are bad. I mean, they want one of the strength coaches. No, they got the talent, Rod. What do you do? You mean if I had a difficult player that didn't listen or was selfish? Yeah, what, what exactly you're asking? Really good, right? Well, I've already had a couple of those incidences when I was uh, coaching in Alabama. My very, very best player was averaging 25 points and 15 rebounds, and I talked to him several times, tried to help him, and then. I finally had to move him on. I mean, that was a hard thing to do, but our team actually became more successful as we played as a team than when we were just counting on this individual because he wasn't a team player. And, he I mean, he was really good, though, and I actually helped him go to junior college afterwards, but he couldn't, he couldn't play for me just because he wasn't a team player. You have to be a team player, and being a team player means there may be some sacrifices, whether points, rebounds, you know, assist, you're going to have to sacrifice something for the good of the team. And if you're not willing to do that, then you, you can't be on a team. You need to, maybe you should be in an individual sport. Yeah. So, Rod, I, I, I know when you were playing uh, back at Wyoming, originally you, you came on and Brandenburg was the coach. And then a couple years later, Benny Dees came and coached. How, how different was that? Well, the biggest thing, you know, both of them were really knowledgeable. Um, they knew the game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Coach Brandenburg was just a very strict disciplinarian. Everything was planned out. You know, if we're on a, we go to Hawaii, you probably had 30 minutes, and then you had film. So he was very detail-oriented. Uh, we were always constantly on the chalkboard talking about game, what we expect, and we had very little free time. Um, Coach Dees, 
you know, he was very knowledgeable. We we uh, had a fast-paced game. We worked just as hard, but when it was time to, when you weren't around the court, he let you relax. And I think one of the biggest things that we, we struggled with is after Finnis Dembo, all our all the older players left, I still had two years left. And we went to Hawaii, and we have all these freshmen who don't know anything, as we just talked about. Uh, they had like five, six hours. You know, some of the kids got sunburned, didn't even practice. You know, they were renting mopeds and just having a great time. And then, you know, that's the first time we ever lost to Hawaii was that year. So I, I just, it's just different. You know, I think you could do that with a senior ball club, and we didn't get that. You know, Brandenburg, you know, there was no way that was ever going to happen. And if that would have happened, there would have been several people sent home. Nice. What we're going to do, we got to take a break. When we come back, Rob, we're going to put you on the hot seat. We'll talk about Louisville, you know, what's going on there. And does that really stuff really happens in, like, big-time school? So this is Dave Lovin and Chris and I guess Rob. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and co-host with me is Chris. Chris, you're going to leave, bitch. I'm still here with you. Chris, it's fortunate we would get our guest Rod because he's so busy doing a lot of things, working with kids. And, you know, I did finally get a hold of him, but, you know, he was willing to be on the show and talk to us. So we thank you again, Rod. Oh, no problem. Glad to be here. But, Rod, I want to get to something that's been hitting the news and so kind of get your feel about things. You know, you know how recruiting goes in college, you know, 
I would bring players in and they want to show them a good time so they come to your work and make sure they get the best players. Is college sports trying to get out of whack now? Like, they're trying to give players money in the clubs. And with Louisville, there's a scandal going on with they having, like, prostitute women and fan girls from that sex. What is going on with sports now, there, Rod? Well, I think it's, it's big business. You know, I, I think there's a lot of pressure to perform. And in order to be a really good school, a good team, you have to have good players. And it's a battle to get those good players to want to come to your school. And the, and the sad part about that for basketball, not as much as football, you only have them one, maybe two years now, and they're out the door. So in order to get those big blue chippers, you know, you're probably willing to do whatever you need to do to try to get them to make your program successful. You don't think a team like Louisville could get good players like that without doing what they're accused of doing? Oh, I'm sure they can. And, you know, it's just accusations. I think that um, when you're a really good school, like the Dukes, North Carolinas, all those big-name schools, Louisville, Kentucky, they sort of recruit themselves. But there's only, you know, a handful of, uh, of really top, top athletes, so... You know, if you're trying to get one of those, that could make or break your program for a year or two. And I think there's a little pressure from that. And it could be, you know, the players that are there trying to make sure they get those really good players also. Right. Do you well, think I there's more while. to the to the story than just the graduate assistant being involved? Well, I, I think the head coaches are – are not aware of everything that goes on. They're, you know, they're trusting their people to make sure things go smoothly. But they're probably not, you know, they're just hoping they get the really good athletes in, the good players, and they're probably not monitoring it, monitoring it as much as they should be. You know, but you've got to trust your people. You're only going to be as good as the people around you. And if you have people that don't want to play by the rules, then that gets the whole pro- program in, in trouble. Hey, Rod, Rod, let's, let's, let's be real with it. You want to get the best player, you do everything it takes to get them, right? Because you know sports now is about winning, right, Rod? Am I wrong or right? Oh, no, you're right about that. That's what I'm saying. They they want to win so badly that, you know, you're willing to do just about anything. But there's still some really good programs that don't do that. And and now that's why you can have a lot of those mid-majors can sneak up and beat some of these teams because those mid-major teams, they have kids there for three, four years and they learn to play together, and they become a team just like our 87 team in 1987. We were a real close team. That, is, that's, that has something to do with why they're so successful when you play all these little 18-, 19-year-old guys who are only playing for a year or two. A lot of times you can beat them even though they may have a lot of great players on their team. Yeah, that's very true. The The thing is, though, with this Louisville situation, there's more to it. I, 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 I truly believe that if it did count down like they said it did, that the graduate assistant, you know as well as I do, they don't make that much money. This guy apparently was given $10,000 and one lump sum to these escorts, and he's not going to have that kind of money typically. So in my mind, it has to come from someone else, you know, either from – the, the, the program or from, uh, um, you know, just, just somewhere else with, with, within the, the Louisville program. Well, it could be some outside alumni, too, just contacting True. that person that said, hey, I really want this kid. What do we need to do to get him? 
You know, there's a lot of boosters out there. There's a lot of people that want to win. They, they, they put winning over, you know, a lot of things like morals and scruples. And sometimes, you know, it works out for you, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, that's why it, there may be some more things to it, but it might not be anybody in the organization that, you know, supplied them any information or money. It could have been outside people who are probably possibly alumni or it could be agents. There's so many things that go on nowadays. That's true. Hey, hey, hey Rob, a question. Do you coach for the kids to learn, or do you coach that winning is everything? I got to put you on the spot, Rob. I'm sorry, but, you know, because nowadays, I know when we played, it was like, try to get the kids to learn the fundamental. I mean, if I, I coach little, I mean, middle football, I didn't win a game, but as long as the kids had fun and they were learning football, I was back to it. But now, it's like coaches, they, if they don't win, they lose their jobs. Am I right, Rock? Well, that's true. That's that's very true. That it's it's even at the lower levels, junior high, high school, people are wanting you to win immediately. I've just been very fortunate because the kind of coach I'm going, I am, and the coach I'm going to be is all fundamentals. I expect my kids to get better, and we're going to work on fundamentals and be fundamentally sound. And hopefully, the wins will come from that. But I don't put anything on winning. It's like, I want you to be better because that's, that's going to help you not only in athletics, it's going to help you in school, it's going to help you the rest of your life is working hard to become better. And if you get some successes here and there and wins, that's just gravy. So I, I, that's what I always stress that. And I just had that conversation with my eighth grade girls last night that don't be worried about winning. We have a game tomorrow, and I'm not, it's not about winning. We need to get better. So we'll have a good picture of where we're at, Win or lose, and then we'll try to get better from there. And that's how I, I always present it. Okay, so since James put, you on the, James put you on the spot, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, we're still talking college basketball here. Uh, and the last uh, preview I saw said that Kentucky and UNC share the number one spot in the preseason coaches poll. With Kentucky losing seven of their top scorers from last year's team, how good, you, how good do you think they'll really be this year? I think they'll be pretty good. I mean, Calipari's a really good coach, and he, he's able to recruit. And then you keep putting all these guys in the pros, they start recruiting for you. Hey, if you come here, you have a good chance to go to the pros and in the first round, early in the first round, and you're going to be successful because they don't lose very often. Same thing with North Carolina. You know, they have all these great players. So they recruit themselves. So and then you have all these players in the pros. I mean, look at Michael Jordan. A call, phone call from Michael Jordan to say, hey, I think you should go to North Carolina. It's probably going to go a long way with that kid. So I think they're always going to be, those kids are always going to be pretty good, those schools. Hey, Rod, do you agree with that, all these kids running done and going to the NBA? And, 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 I mean, they're young, but football don't allow that. Football, you got to at least be a junior. Uh, but they're, they're not uh, mature enough. Uh, do you agree with basketball with doing that, or should the kids stay a few years, or is that okay? I would like to see them go at least to their junior season. You know, and, and the reason is, is I believe that they're not mature enough, and a lot of them make all this money, and they end up broke as they get older because they're not 
prepare for all the pressures they're going to have. They're going to have so many friends that they even didn't even know they had and relatives come out of the woodworks and you're trying to take care of all of them and you're trying to play. There's a huge learning curve. There's only a few players that come in and, you know, and be able to handle that. And those are really great players. So I think they don't understand that. I know they want to make the money and support their families, but just becoming a little more educated, a little more worldly, so to speak, like that's what college does for you. You know, it opens your mind up to all these other things out there that you don't even think about because you're, you're thinking about basketball and making money and probably girls and cars and those type of things. But there's a <laughs> lot of other stuff going on in the world that you learn through college. You get to meet different uh, nationalities, different races, different people. You know, you learn so much. I think that will help you be more successful in the pros and also save your money and be more mature about it. So speaking about uh, the college teams moving on to the NBA, there's some college teams that have invited NBA personnel to their practices. They call them pro days. Um, does this provide advantages? Oh, yes, for sure. There's several. I know Finnis uh, uh, Dembo has done some talks there, and so have Theo Ratliff, the guys that played at Wyoming and, and played in the pros. And they just talked to some of the kids about there's a lot of pitfalls, and they try to warn you about the pitfalls. But as we stated earlier, you know, some of these kids are 18 and 19. They're like, you know, you're invincible at that age. That's not going to happen to me. That may have happened to some people. It's not going to happen to me. And the people who really, truly learn that and listen are the ones who end up being more successful. True. This one we're going to do. We got to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit some about uh, my Odo. See what you think about that. Because you said something good, Rod, that I thought about, like, and I heard him quote saying a lot of people he helped the Johnson family a lot and now they're turning their back on him. So we'll be right back with my guest Rod Tyson. flagship station for sports voice america sports tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events arts and entertainment leadership parenting relationships self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Here, your co-host of the show with me, Chris. You there, Chris? I'm here today. Rod, I got a whole coast with me. Rod, you there with us? Yes, I am. Uh, we got, we probably got a guest, other guest on the line, former NBA player. You always so busy, so to get on him and the first player, <laughs> he's on the show with me. I always call him up, Rod, at the last minute. Red, can you be on here? He's like, man. I'm feeling sure the I love, can't. man. I'm feeling the love. I apologize for being a little late here. That's all right. So you're busy. But, Rod, I got your teammate. I mean, um, Plato, Plato got your teammate, Rod. It's a beautiful time, isn't it, guy? <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's hey, always Flake. a good thing to talk to a big slate. Hey, Flake, <laughs> before we start with the question, are you, I got to get this on the air and get it out. Rod still saying the only reason you be here in one one because you were fouling and throwing elbows. Is that true? The the only the only the only reason the oh, all right hold on a second <laughs> let me back up on this Rod is skilled at defense but the defense that Rod plays is more football tactics on the on the on the, on the wooden basketball floor that's one of the reasons why you know, I have beat him. <laughs> uh, you know you can say that that's fine but uh, I still also had to make some shots to win right. <laughs> oh, you were proficient in your jump shot. It's just that you couldn't move laterally because your knees left you. Uh, <laughs> coming out there. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Bring my knees into it. <laughs> so, Reggie, a few things we were talking about. You know, we 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 took we took Rod back a little bit back in the day, and I want to do the same with you. Um, after okay. you played at Wyoming, I know you played a couple seasons overseas in Spain. Yeah. My 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 question is, how did you then go from there to playing in the NBA? Chris, I was very fortunate because um, just like most of the guys in my generation, I love, I still love the game of basketball. Um, you know, a lot of people zone out and listen to music. I zone out and play basketball to participate. It's like a symphony. Right? It's very, it's very, it's very. If you if you watch it, it's very like a ballet. Very much like a ballet. And uh, you know, I played a lot. I was young back then. And, uh, during my off time, I would go and play, and I just happened to be at a gym, uh, and I was playing very well. I was in a very fit uh, part of my life, and I was playing very well. It just so happened I was playing against some guys that the Denver Nuggets had brought in to look at. And uh, the Denver Nuggets coaches reached out to me, invited me to go to uh, um, rookie camp. Uh, I went out there and played very well, and that's where the invitation for uh, uh, uh Back camp came, and that's how I got my foot in the door. So you never know. Be at the right place at the right time. Oh, pursuing your love, pursuing your passion. So right, very, great, great, very grateful for that. Hey, hey, Rod and uh, Flavor, I want to kind of talk about a little bit. I mean, you guys are like the brotherhood with basketball. You brought those players like with the football players. Something happens to a football player, you feel that your family. Well, Lamar Odom, what he going through, is that something that got to do with, like, basketball when you're done playing or 
Is that just a normal thing, guys? What do you think? Rod, would you like to go, uh, Vet, would you like to go first, or would you want me to say? Well, I, I can't speak to, you know, playing the NBA and having that over, but, you know, having his playing time over, but, you know, obviously he had some other things going on, you know, on his mind or whatever, and I think people go through those things, in, you know, in any profession or just in life in general. You know, I know he had a lot of struggles with his dad, uh, not a lot of that stuff was publicized, and that's some stuff that probably never has gotten worked out, you know, didn't have his family around as he probably, you know, needed. And those type of th- I mean, where I work now is dealing with troubled youth who go through some of these similar things, and they go through it early. So just imagine if you have some of these issues and they were never touched, touched upon, uh, and then now you're an adult and you have money, you know, you're going to do some things you probably, you know, wouldn't normally want to do. So I think he has some issues he's got to work out for himself. But, you know, I was really uh, happy that all these ex-teammates and all of them really reached out to him. So that shows that he's loved, and I think that's the first step of, you know, trying to get back healthy. Very well stated. Uh, I think very much just to mirror some of the things that Rod said, I think we all have demons. Now, I know we all have demons. And doing something that you love, basketball in this case, takes your mind off that, even though those demons are still there. Uh, and the emotions, the, the, the love, uh, the, the feeling of conquest that you feel when you play basketball, it's very hard to replace that feeling, the competition. Uh, I miss that a lot. Uh, that's, very, that's a void that is very hard to feel once your playing days are over compounded with demons that were never properly exercised, as Rob was saying earlier, that, that, can, that can be a dangerous uh, place to be. And unfortunately, I think uh, Lamar found himself in that situation where, um, you know, uh, he, he probably did not have the best upbringing, uh, a, a, a major thing in his life, basketball, is missing. Uh, so there's no there's no way to to replace all that, and so you know you just kind of fall into a state of debaucherism, and um, you know and you know doing something a, a little bit um, wrong may not seem too bad. It's just a little bit of, of wrong, and then a little bit more of wrong, and before you know it, you know you're in pretty deep. But it is a great thing that he does have a support staff of players and coaches, I think, too, that have reached out to him and are wishing him well and are prepared to support him through this comeback in life. Yeah, and that definitely helps with anybody, uh, even, even you know, non-players. It, it's always a good thing to have a good support system around them. So. Now, since Absolutely. we're talking NBA, um, I have a couple things to throw at both of you just to see what you think. Uh, there's some talk that the Golden State Warriors were fortunate in last season's playoffs because the the players and teams that they didn't face. Do you think the Golden State Warriors were lucky to win the NBA title last year? Age before beauty, Rod, so I always uh, ask you to go first. I'll go first in any year. You have to play whoever's before you. And they're a really good team. They may, I mean, you need a little luck to win championships at any level. So, whether you say they were lucky or whatever, they still are defending champions, and I'm sure they're going to play like it this year. So, I mean, why would you give them some more uh, 
ammunition to be ammunition. able to play even harder and better this year. You know, I, th- I mean, they deserved it. They, they, they won. They made the shots. You know, they were able to do it. I just think that uh, everybody should just be applauding them for being able to do it because when was the last time they did it? A lot of years ago. So it's not easy to win a championship whether, you know, you get fortunate, fortunate breaks or not. But you're never going to win anything unless you get a few good breaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just to mirror what Rod said, I've always thought of luck as a combination of uh, preparation, confidence, and opportunity. And these guys always stayed prepared. Just like I was always prepared to beat Rob, but I just couldn't handle him hacking me on the arms. But, you know, uh, I don't, don't want to chalk up to luck, but these guys were very fortunate to have the coaching staff that they did, to be together for as long as they were, and to have leaders that were confident. I mean, one of their best players, uh, Thompson, didn't have a great series, if you guys remember correctly, and they still pulled it off. So, I mean, I'd be very careful with that lucky word. And as Rod said, I would, you know, it's, you don't want to spur the wolf, you know, when he's in the corner. Uh, you know, so why, why give them more ammunition to come back and fight harder, uh, you know, when they weren't completely on all full cylinders with Thompson not having a great series? Yeah, but, but play the rock. If you said be careful with that word luck, but if, if um, uh, Irving, Kyrie Irving, and love was playing, would have been different game? Well, if, if, if Rob had good knees, if, 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 if Reggie Slater was three inches taller, if this, if, if, if that, and you got to get out of that if world, brother. <laughs> if this, if that. You, know, <laughs> you live in that if world, if this is up to death. I'm sorry, Rod, I ain't stuck on that. <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's very true. I'm I'm sorry, Rod, for for having leash coming at you like that. <laughs> My bad knees, you know. That's okay. I'm sorry. I understand. That's why I had to learn to use my mind, I guess, huh? Well, exactly. You're a clever player. You're smart, and you know, as we get older, we change our games up. You know, I remember my rookie year. I played with a guy named Dell Ellis, who was in the twilight of his career, and just watching him. You know, he was only going from three-point line to three-point line. <laughs> he got a switch in a second. You know, you get smarter and you conserve your energy. And, you know, as I got older, I started noticing little things in the game that you can, you can do. And, uh, you know, I, I think Steve Kerr winning those championships uh, brought a little bit of something extra with those guys, a little bit of swag. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the job that Mark Jackson did prior to that, prepping these guys and getting them mentally tough enough to go through obstacles and to have people say, oh, you're just lucky, or oh, you just this, and oh, you just that. And, you know, these are all things that culminated at the right time and the right place uh, to have the right champion for last last year. Hey, hey, Rod and, uh, and Reggie, I, I, I gotta ask you guys this. I know y'all see different athletes come and they go, but do you think Derrick Rose is on a downward spiral? I mean, this thing is not going. Chicago getting tired of him. And what a team is tired of you and players is tired of you. Don't your career end up being messed up anywhere you go? Do you guys think he is going to start off a lot? Well, again, hey. I never played in the pros, but I can tell you about some knee pain. And I think he's going to have to adjust his game. I mean, 
he may not be as dynamic as he was, but he still have a lot of good years left. I mean, he's young. He still can find a way to play. He just may not be able to do all the things he was able to do before. And he's a good player, and he'll find a way to fit in. But maybe if people are turning their backs on him in Chicago, maybe he needs to go somewhere else. But he still has a lot. There's a a lot left in his tank, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, again, as usual, I'm mirroring. I'm going to mirror what Rod said. He has a. You, you learn to play smarter. You know, you become a smarter player. You know, what, what the thing about competition is you're going against yourself. You know, you're being better than you were yesterday. Uh, it's not a, you know, and I and and and, and for Derek to be at the position that he's in, uh, he he's had to face those mental challenges before, and he's certainly had his doubts, just like Dwayne Wade did. Three, four, five years ago, I remember having the same conversation about Dwayne Wade. Oh, he's injury prone. Uh, he can't do this. He can't do that. And he's still uh, one of the top uh, guards out there. So I mean, you just have to adjust your game and and learn to you know keep motivating yourself. And he wouldn't be in that position in the NBA had he not built up his self motivation years ago. True, true. So the NBA has, has has seemed to have a lot of injuries this preseason. Uh, is this due to players coming into camp not being in shape, or is this just to be expected? Uh, uh, unlucky, unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, everything I think is every year, you know, the more progress we get technology-wise, the more we're hearing about things. And I wouldn't be surprised to, to if someone said, look, they, they had almost, if not the same number of injuries 10, 20 years ago. It's just it wasn't reported as much, you know. Uh, but it just so happened the key players like Derrick Rose are being injured. You know, could you imagine if, uh, you know, Akeem Olajuwon was injured, Rod, you know, like he was with his eye injury that one season. I can't remember. He had to wear goggles. But, um I think some of it has to do with the technology that we have, just being more informed about players. Got all these dream teams and, and whatnot. Hey, guys, I wanted to ask, you know, uh, Red, does Rod bad knees, you know? Is, is Kobe knees <laughs> like Rod? What is Kobe going to say enough is enough? Because I know you play, you say you knew when it was time was done. Uh, what's Kobe going to say, you know, and just get out of the game and cop of everything? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what, love, and this is just me saying it. Once you're done, you're done. So if you really have a love for it, uh, you stay in as long as you can, as long as you can hang with them boys. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's almost as if I was telling you, you like kissing your girlfriend, but you have a limit, and once you stop, you're never gonna kiss her again. <laughs> So he's going to stay in there and do whatever he has to do to prepare his body to play as long as he can. Because when it's over, it's over. Well, you just, you know, uh, Father Time catches up to everybody sooner or later. You know, and then... You just caught up you way early, Rod. What's up? He caught up to Rod's knees when he was like 12. <laughs> yeah, I was always uh, I gotten a lot of a lot of flack from when I was you know twenty. I'm icing every day. I got ice. I got four ice bags everywhere. I just you know wasn't blessed with the best knees. But uh, 
I, I kept fighting through it. I'm sure that's what, because I love the game. I wanted to keep playing. And I'm sure Kobe's going through that right now. You know, he's got a lot of other things going on, I'm sure, and preparing himself for future after basketball. But you never are going to get that feeling back. So I think players, football, basketball, all sports, they want to stay in as long as they can because when you're done, you miss the locker room. You miss being around the fellas. Yes. You, yes. You're going to miss that. It's going to be gone. So. Yes. It, and there's, there's, man, there's just not another replacement. It's just not another replacement for that. Rod, you hit the nail on the head, man. To, to, to be in that, and I, I go back to the competition, to be in, 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 in an environment that's competitive, that everybody's pushing each other, and you just get used to that. Uh, and that's, man, that's, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, and, and love, you and I used that, the term intoxicating before, you know, to describe professional play. It's intoxicating, and you look forward to that competition. You look forward to that challenge. You look forward to that next day. If you did not win, that you knew you had a chance and an opportunity the next day. That's a hard feeling to replace. That's a real hard feeling to replace. Rod, how many times after you told me no a thousand times have I asked you to play you one-on-one? <laughs> you got the lot, bro. And I keep I saying no, I'm retired, undefeated. No. And exactly. You, why do you think I keep asking you to play you? We're going to be 16 <laughs> years old. I'm like, Rod. Wheelchair against wheelchair. Let's go. <laughs> and that's still going to be no. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a certain intoxicating competition. You know, three other, several other three-syllable words that you get used to. And you're wired. You're wired just to want to compete. You know, it's just like you're wired to use the bathroom. You're wired. You just, you know, it's, and when you lose that feeling, man, it's, it's hard for some guys, you know. Very hard. You know what, Slate? You said something good, and I want to talk about it. I was talking to Rod the other day when we were talking about being on the show. So we had to talk about players with money that's going broke. But you said something, say with the game. When I was done, I wanted to play more if I got hurt. But I was so depressed because I had to run for a game. I just wanted to play. But I knew, you know, like you said, I had needs like Rod. You know, but uh, yeah. I was depressed because I was done. And you said the same thing with Rod there with a player to love for the game. They still want to play, but you know you're done. I mean, but I was so depressed, Rod. I mean, it was unbelievable. I know these guys go through the same thing, don't they, guys? Mm. Well, yeah. But, and, uh, and, and, Rod, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's why you see a lot of guys now, they, they, they travel with their own personal trainers. Again, they're trying to extend this life as long as possible. Right. Oh, I mean, you guys are you guys are exactly right. I mean, I still have the urge. I'm dang near fifty now. I'm still like, man, I wish I could just get out there and play with some of these guys and they win. Just standing by them, I'm like, good <laughs> lord, were we ever that quick and fast? I feel like it's like goodness, they're so fast. I'm like, but we're right. probably that same boat. But you know, it's, it's over. You're still never going to get rid of that. We'll take that to the grave. You know, it's like. Dang, I wish I could play. You still want to play. Yeah, because, you know, you get, you'll get play against some guy, and he'll, he'll start bragging about his athletic prowess and how he's boxing everybody's side and how he's doing this, that, and the other. And in your mind, you're saying, dude, you couldn't touch me. <laughs> Not when I was doing my thing. No way. <laughs> but you can't prove it anymore, you know? Chris? 
That, that, that's very true. You know, you, you need to be able to, to leave the game when you're ready to leave the game. But, you know, unfortunately, in some instances, like with James, it got taken away too soon. So then you have to find another way to to do what you love doing. And for James, part of it is, is staying in contact with everybody uh, and, and as well as the show. And he does a fantastic and mine is, job. you know, I, I coach. I'm still in the game. Yes. I'm trying yes. to teach people the game. And I'm, I, in my mind, I'm trying to teach them the right way. You know, you've got to learn how to play, and you've got to have fundamentals and no weaknesses to be better. Yeah, that's very right. true. So I have another a couple more things to ask you guys. One is LeBron James has been receiving anti-inflammatory shots for a sore back, which is which has limited his time during the preseason. Um, he's basically expected to carry the carry the team this season due to a lot of his inmates being sorry, a lot of his teammates being injured. Um, do you think that LeBron can and will be the player that everyone has come to expect? Age before beauty. <laughs> there you go again. Well, he's been doing it. I, I expect him to do it only because he's been able to do it. But sooner or later, you know, he came out of high school, so he's actually a, a older player body-wise than his actual age. But, um, you know, it's, it's a tough game, and sooner or later it's going to catch up to you. But I expect him to, you know, it may not be 100% of the time, but 90, 95% of the time he'll still be able to do what he needs to do, I believe. Yeah, uh, I agree with Rod. He's got a lot of uh, tread on those tires. But, you know, that saying, uh, you know, young broom, sweet, sweet, sweet. Old broom, no west. He's a smart player and he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we only got a couple of minutes, but, hey, Red, I want to tell you, we found your hat. You know that, right? <laughs> we, we, we washed one, it and it's, hang, and, it's, and it's in the closet the one, the one I left it was D-A-R that's the one that's the one you left the picture Facebook I'm coming up there sometime in the winter and I hope Dr. Free back well I gotta give it back cause Rod he said I look like I want to eat him like a pork chop when I see him in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I got off the plane, and I thought I saw it. I thought I saw love. I'm just looking at the point of the dark. Love, let me tell you something. Right, love? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so hey, you know, Rob, I, I don't mess around. So I said, dude's staring at me. I don't know what he wants. Hey, love, <laughs> let, let me tell you something, man. You know, when Slate first came to college, he didn't say much at all. He didn't talk to no smack or nothing. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he can talk to with the best of them. He learned to be a smack talker. It's just so funny just to hear him talk so much smack. He would have never said anything like that. Thanks for being on the show, Rod. I appreciate it, man. Uh, no problem. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Have a fantastic day. All right, Thank you. It's been a great show. All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.